Hello, everybody. My name is Anne McElhenney. And I'm Phelan McAleer. Welcome to the Anne and Phelan Scoop Daily Virus, where we discuss the latest news, views, advice, and madness of the pandemic. It's April the 14th, 2020. We're in week five or six or is it or 27 of the lockdown. How are we doing? Uh, how are you doing? Frustrated? Are you scared? Are you angry? Are you fighting with your spouse? We're not fighting. It's great. It's very harmonious here. Very, very harmonious. It's, it's just it's beautiful. It's like a miracle. Um, have you been stopped, by the way, by the police yet um, for doing something naughty? I, I've been stopped. Quite proud now, actually, of that. I've been stopped. Um, I was actually doing something slightly, slightly, slightly naughty, but it, it, it didn't feel like it didn't feel like a massive transgression. I was walking on a little pathway, a tiny piece of pathway beside a little piece of, of beach in Marina del Rey and I got uh, in a very you know swift operation this police officer came and cut me off at the edge and he didn't jump out of the car he didn't quite jump out of the car but in my mind I want to I'll add a little bit of drama to it but he uh, he questioned me closely about my my intentions um and I, I tried I tried to to be I tr- I tried to explain to him that in a rational world it didn't make sense that I would have to walk on the pavement where I'd be squashed in with other people when there was all this space available quite near the beach. But anyway, um yeah, that's where we're at right now. Yeah, and within within sight lines almost of it uh, are, are tents after tents of homeless people. We'll talk about that later actually in the show, but in today's daily virus we're going to look at how the Chinese numbers, of course, how the numbers in general need to be asterisks because it's now apparently 2 million people have been infected worldwide. worldwide. But, of course, we d- that doesn't take into the, the disingenuous Chinese numbers uh, because China lies and people dies. And uh, But the media don't care about those lies. We'll be looking at that. What the media really care about was yesterday's White House briefing because they think they can twist that to fit their agenda and you won't believe in crazy california you know no matter you may have a pandemic you may have a crisis but california will still be crazy uh those wonderful people in riverside county uh they're obsessed with having you snitch on your neighbor los angeles doesn't want you to snitch on your on on some of your neighbors uh, the illegal aliens Uh, in fact where do you hear what they have proposed for the illegal aliens in los angeles it'll make your heart feel really warm so, yesterday, so you know, yesterday there was the the famous White House briefing. Uh, I'm sure you've heard a lot about it. So, you know, as the growth rate of of infections uh, as it grows, and and Europe is talking about reopening their economies, President Trump is also looking to open the country, uh, but he's receiving enormous pushback from those uh, the, the foremost epidemiological experts. <laughs> In the country, uh, yes, the mainstream media, who obviously you know spent a lot of time in medical school working on epidemiological issues, but yesterday's White House briefing was one of these, you know, another one of these where the the, the you know basically it shouldn't be called a White House briefing, it shouldn't be called a press conference, it's a gotcha conference. It's all about can we get you, can we get the president? So yesterday, you know, Anthony Fauci, um, who is the sort of chief medical um, advisor to the president came under fire because of the fact you know he came out because basically on the weekend on Sunday I think he was talking to CNN 
and he was asked, you know, if something had, ha- you know, if the president had acted had acted quicker, if he'd if he'd acted earlier, you know, could lives have been saved? And you know, he had made some statement like, you know, oh, yes, if anything, if things had happened quicker, you know, maybe uh, lives would have been saved. You know, on the mainstream media, delighted, absolutely, like celebratory mode mode for that. Um, and I think Anthony Fauci was, I think, regretted it, and he came out yesterday at the White House briefing um, and basically said. You know, he said he apologized for his poor choice of words. Um, but the media, as I said, the media were champing at the bit. They're all licking their lips, you know. And you can literally see them, you know, they're like, they're all delighted and they're all kind of wide-eyed and googly-eyed. You know, in the middle of a pandemic, this is what they really care about. But CBS reporter uh, Paula Reed, you know, got to be the one. So she asked Fauci if he was making this statement, if he was saying this about his poor choice of word, his apology, what, are, you know, were you, are you doing this voluntarily, she says to him. Are you yes. doing this voluntarily? Uh, or if the president had directed him to make the statement uh, yes it's kind of like it's kind of like those uh, confessions you see in, in in china or north korea yes i have been plotting against the supreme leader and yes i am confessing now and everyone knows it's a fault they were trying to make out implying that was the kind of duress he was under oh yeah that he's been like basically he's held hostage in the yes. white house and he's been given statements to read out uh, every every day but um but actually fauci gave like this death stare to the cbs reporter and said everything i do is voluntary Please don't even imply that. Um, and I think he That's was... evil stare then. He just yeah, he gave that. the evil stare. Yes, exactly. yeah. So, I mean, journalists really want to create the idea of a split because it suits what they're trying to do. First of all, one thing you have to realize is that these are not serious journalists. Uh, you know, during a national emergency, they're not interested in finding reliable information and disseminating it to people. They're treating this like a game of gotcha. Um, uh you know, you said this three weeks ago, and now you're saying this. So that doesn't happen. Now you're saying this, which is different. Doesn't that mean you lie to the American people? Well, no, it doesn't. It means that the journalists attached the worst meaning to something that somebody said three weeks ago, and the worst meaning to what they're saying now, and p- pretending that it's a reverse when it probably isn't, or perhaps new data has come in. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a historic situation. Uh, new, there are new circumstances, new data all the time. Perhaps the advice has changed. Perhaps the policy has changed as a result. So, you know, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of new ideas and policies. Uh, so maybe, yes, maybe what, what, what someone said three weeks ago is now different. It's, it's, it's called changing your mind when the facts change. Uh, so the media is not serious about reporting and helping the public. They want to take down Trump. They have failed. Uh, to do despite many attempts and predictions since he was even when he was running for election and when he was president this is why they're focusing on the number of dead in each country you hear these figures the number of dead in each countries um the highest death toll the highest death toll the winner is the united states has the biggest number of dead and it's like it's a really weird uh number to choose you know because america has 330 million people Spain has sixty million. Sixty. Spain has sixty million people. And America probably have more than three hundred and thirty million people because that's just the number that they know about. Yes. So, of course, America is go- going to have a bigger number of dead, a uh, number of fatalities, because they have a bigger population. The the actual figure you need to focus on is the number of dead per million of population. And when you look at that figure, America is number ten. And actually, and the also another thing you look look at is age of population america has quite an old population uh, you also need to look at rural versus urban is your country r- a rural country or an urban country ireland is quite rural uk is quite densely populated the northeast of america where most of the cases are is densely populated so 
but but you know that's those are almost little side effects. I mean, the media is doing the big lie, saying total number of deaths is important. It's not. It's numbers of deaths per million of population. Obviously, every death is terrible for the family and friends who are left behind. But in terms of making policy, in terms of making policy and going forward, you need to look at the deaths per million. And of course, they keep switching between states' rights. The journalists, you know, you know they're being dishonest because they keep switching between states' rights and federal rights, um, as long as it allows them to attack Trump. So the massive death toll in New York is not the fault of Governor Cuomo, uh, who, according to the mainstream media, is doing a sterling job. It is how, somehow President Trump's fault uh, for not having the equipment in the state, even though having equipment and treatment and that in the state is the governor's job but then when the president says he wants to open the com- the country up suddenly the media are adamant that what goes on in each state is the responsibility of each government ha- each governor and has nothing to do with the president so when we want to say the, it's going really badly it's the president trump's fault when we want to say it should be going really well it's the governor's uh, responsibility so these journalists are not serious people at the end of, the, of this pandemic, they will give each other Pulitzers, no doubt. They will invent awards to give each other. They will poach each other from other from each other's organizations and hire themselves and congratulate themselves for hiring fresh voices from organizations that have exactly the same worldview as themselves. Uh, but you know, they, and they will not, you know, they will not go outside the, the bubble. Let's remember the response to the twenty sixteen election failure uh, and their. Uh, and they're falling for and promoting the crazy outlandish idea that the president of the United States was a Russian agent of influence. They did not learn from their mistakes. They do not want to learn from their mistakes. They do not engage in self-examination. They did not change their way of operating. They did not change their hiring practices. They did not try and bring in diversity to their newsrooms, diversity of thought. Uh, And because of this, they're losing their credibility and they're no longer influential and their organizations are failing. And we on the Alan Film Scoop are not mourning their passing. There are no tears here. No tears here. No, 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 no. No one's crying here. Yeah. And I, I, I saw, uh, I, I don't know, we need to check this out, but I think the Democrats are holding up a stimulus bill uh, because they want to include uh, stimul- money for media organizations. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because that's really funding their supporters. Uh, with taxpayers' money. So, uh, you know, we need to be watch that very carefully and we need to make sure that the media get none of the stimulus checks. So, Phelan, does it matter, though, that um, Fauci disagrees with the president? Is that something that, you know, is 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 it a problem if Fauci and the president are in disagreement? Is that a big deal, by the way? Uh, uh, Absolutely not. In fact, that's what they're there for. it's not a problem because, you know, especially as the number of cases f- continues to flatten and hopefully decline, there'd be actually something wrong if they didn't agree. And, you know, you got to remember Fauci and Bricks or Burks, Bricks, Burks, the two doctors, the two epidemiologists. Uh, you know, they're v- they have very different interests and very they want very different outcomes compared to the president. The, Fauci's ideal outcome mm-hmm. is zero transmissions and zero deaths he doesn't care about the economy i don't mean he doesn't i don't mean he's cruel and heartless and doesn't care about unemployed people that's not what he's been hired to do he's not an economist and he doesn't know what the country needs to survive economically or what part of the cure could be worse than disease yeah 
I mean, it's like, you know, I mean, he doesn't want anyone to die. That's, you know, he's a doctor. So that's what doctors, are, you know, are supposed to do is uh, prevent death. And, you know, and there's loads of things that you could do to prevent death, by the way. So every flu season, you could basically say to people, everyone needs to stay home now. We should hibernate like yes. like, like animals or whatever, you know, become like beavers or what. I don't know what animals even do that. What animals yeah, hibernate, yeah. Philip? All kinds of animals hibernate. Bears. But you could do that. We could all hibernate. Bears hibernate. I think, by the way, it's a fabulous idea. Can I just say, I'd love to hibernate, but then somewhere like, you know, at the beach, maybe, you know, somewhere nice. Uh, where it's nice and sunny like go to florida i think people do that too actually but i think florida is a type of hibernation okay so but basically you know you could do that so for example as i said every flu season uh, we could all you know leave not leave our homes and probably actually you know what no one would die of the flu or very very few people would die of the flu and the other thing we could do as well is we could just stop driving we could stop driving completely stop driving or drive at let's say at 20 miles an hour and no one's even no one's ever suggesting that. There's loads of other stuff, that, by the way. That would save, by the way, fifty thousand deaths a year and a couple of hundred thousand serious injuries. So if you had a if Fauci was in charge of the transportation authority as a as an epidemiologist as a doctor, he would recommend stopping driving. He would recommend twenty miles an hour. Now we know that that, that is not the country would grind to a halt. There would be no. There would be no America after Imagine that. Imagine that. You'd be getting Amazon. You'd be writing to Amazon and, and ordering up something and they'd say it'd be coming in six weeks. You know, yeah. there's a fella on a bicycle going to come over. He's, it's hopefully wind, you know, wind powered bicycle yeah, that he's yeah. got there. But it's also things like, you know, I mean, you know, obviously, you know, you know, close to my own heart. Can you imagine as well the benefits of banning alcohol? Imagine the benefit if you totally said, right, from now on, no more alcohol, no more alcohol sales. We're banning alcohol. So the, the result would be now, obviously, you know, one, one, one result would be um, a massive decrease in domestic in domestic violence, by the way. Um, huge, huge um, benefit to people's health. People, you know, cirrhosis of the liver and all that, all that good stuff. But would we allow that? Would we, would, you know, and by the way, the, the, in terms of death, in terms of the benefit from, you know, a lowering in the, in the death rate, it would be huge. No one seriously would suggest that. So no one's, you know, so, so th- this idea that Fauci and the president of the United States should be on the same page about everything. No, Fauci has, has his expertise in, involved in, in this particular pandemic and epi- epidemiology. The president has to run the country. And you run a country and you do take risks every day with people's lives. You have to. This is what we elect politi- politicians to do, to make political decisions. Now, a political decision is not the decision that's going to cause no harm to anybody. Every decision is going to affect people negatively and positively. And that's what politics is about. Uh, I think it was I think Bismarck like said politics is the art of compromise, which I hate, by the way, the idea that politics is the art of compromise. But it is. It's, it's, it's about trying to navigate through different interest groups and different, uh, and try and do your best for, for people and do the least amount of harm. Uh, a doctor wants to do no harm. That's the difference. Uh, we, don't, we don't allow our doctors to tell us how to live our life. We, that's you know, we, we we barely allow politicians to tell us how to live our life, but that's where pol- politicians take take have the world's top experts, and then they make political decisions, not medical decisions. And also, when you're living in a free country, people need to make make decisions based. Uh, you know, people need to be responsible and make and make responsible decisions. And when one thing that struck me as well, and I mu- we must look this up actually, but I know that, for example, with all massive infrastructure projects, like you know, if you think about the Golden Gate Bridge, you know, back in the day, but even things like the Channel in Britain, and I don't know the answer about the Channel in Th- Britain, but oh, there you go. I was there. Well, thank you, husband, knowing these things. Thirty-five people died digging the Channel Tunnel. 
Yeah. So when you have these massive, really highly beneficial uh, infrastructure projects, there are th- th- there's actually a built-in knowledge by the people who are doing that. Now, they don't want it to happen, but they have a knowledge that obviously something of this magnitude involving this many workers, there will be fata- fatalities. Do, do they say, though, before they start the channel, for example, in Britain, knowing that there's possibly going to be fatalities, do they say, you know what, we're not going to do this. We're actually not going to do the channel because somebody somebody might die. They know someone's going to die, but they do it anyway. And that's that's politics versus having the country run by doctors. Before we move on to the next story, I'd just like to say, you know, uh, many of my fellow British people would, would suggest perhaps that the Channel Tunnel was not a massive... Uh, allowing a few million French people into your country every year really easily, or a few million Europeans into your country every year easily, is not a massive benefit to Britain. But we'll move on from that. Well, for the people who lost their lives and their families, I'm sure they don't find it. You know, they're not they're not one bit uh, impressed by the fact that a lot of elites, actually, by the way, a lot of uh, very elite people love the fact that they can get on the, on a train in the middle of London and end up very shortly afterwards in the middle of Paris, having had their croissant and coffee in splendid in the splendid seat on, on the on the train but in the middle of all of this anyway kind of getting back to the coronavirus yes. because we have apparently a pandemic out there be careful out there be very careful out there um china is continuing to lie and the chinese communist party is continuing to lie and withhold information about what actually happened in wuhan when it happened, how and where it started exactly, the exact number of people who were infected, the exact number of fatalities. But the great thing that the Chinese Communist Party have, which is a real blessing, they're blessed now. They're blessed with the mainstream media who will just repeat their talking points verbatim and have done for weeks and weeks and weeks, months actually at this point. Um, um, by the way, the, the, the Chinese, their latest shtick that I noticed was um, that they're saying that they're extremely worried now about foreigners bringing in infection, Re-infect. reinfecting the country, you know. But we've been saying this on the Daily Virus since, since we started this daily uh, podcast. We've been talking about the Chinese, about the Chinese Communist Party um, and, what, and what they've done and the damage that their misinformation and their lies is causing. Um, but every time, you know, every time that the mainstream media quotes the Communist Party uh, statistics and doesn't have an asterisk every last time they do that they're helping the chinese communist party and they're hurting the rest of the world and when i talk about hurting the rest of the world we're talking about tens of thousands of people who have died who've lost their who lost their lives but we're also talking very significantly about millions of people being impoverished around the world in some of the poorest parts of the world people will be drastically impoverished because of the actions of the chinese communist party and people really need to remember that and Walter, Walter Russell Reed is writing about that today, by the way, in the Wall Street Journal. Um, and he just quote one of the things he quotes is um, a really great uh, study by Derek Scissors from the American Enterprise Institute. Who's, you know, and he's done a report on this. He's, he's done an investigation. His estimate, by the way, of what the real true Chinese numbers are is 2.9 million people infected in China um, and a death rate of about... Um, and about 82, uh, I suppose, sorry, 82,000, 82,000 is what Be- Beijing said is the number of people uh, that were infected in, in China. And he's saying it's probably probably much more like 2.9 million, which would make the Chinese number of infected bigger than the whole of the world, of the rest of the world convi- uh, com- combined. Um, it's really, really important that China come clean and tell the truth about what's happened. Um 
for for so many reasons obviously from the point of view of 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 people discovering exactly how this thing happened how it was uh, how quickly was the infection rate you know how many people were you know how and because they've because they've the longest history of it because it's, you know the earliest infection was there because that's where it started you know tracing and looking at all those people who got it what what kind of outcomes did they have what about people who recovered from it did they get reinfected all that kind of information is absolutely vital but here's the bad news from uh, from the Wall Street Journal from from uh, Walter is you know they're never going to do that. The Chinese are never going to tell the truth China about what happened. Communist Party. Excuse me. The China exactly very important to make that distinction. Thank you, husband. The Chinese Communist Party are not going to come clean with the rest of the world, with all of us, with the Western media about what actually happened there. Because if they did, they'd have to come clean with the Chinese people, um, and they're not going to do that because they're clinging on to power with all their might. Um, and, you know, once they would come clean, if this tr- if the truth comes out, you know, it's, it spell- I think it spells the end of the... I mean, there'll be a rebellion. There'll yeah. be there'll be a revolution. Yeah. So, Riverside... Uh, uh, California madness. R- r- yeah, more California madness. Riverside County have designed an app to make it easy to report on non-essential businesses operating during the lockdown. So we must, according to them, we must mitigate and suppress the spread of coronavirus. This app will help identify hotspots that will lead efficiently to responding to businesses that are risking the health of the community, said Chairman Manuel Perez, the fourth district supervisor. It sounds like something out of it. The way you said chairman there, it was like something from the... I thought it was like a communist party. No, it is. What's that that young adult novel... uh, uh, well, the, all the de- the districts. Oh yeah, Hunger Games. Hunger Games. It sounds like the you know chairman of the four. She's he's the fourth district supervisor. That's hilarious. <laughs> I just, anyway, these violations may include the operation of non-essential businesses, unauthorized gatherings. Oh my God, unauthorized gatherings. We wouldn't have unauthorized gatherings. Would we we would never have an unauthorized gathering outside our house with the people that live on our street and have a distant cocktail. No. Every Friday no. at five p.m. Every Friday at five p.m. No, 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 we're not those people. No, no, we wouldn't. Everyone wouldn't gather outside their home here and I, I, and I if I saw that by the way I would report it to, to, to Riverside even though we don't live in Riverside I'd still report it yes, Riverside we should, go, we should go in the app and report ourselves yeah. not that we're doing it not we would never do that every Friday do that. Every, every Friday at five um with for example for example what you could have would be tequila with some fresh lime juice because you want to introduce citrus because of the whole vitamin C thing immunity but not that we would do that because not, I not that we would not that about eight, eight people from our little block would all gather I outside their house outside their house and, and then gather in a big circle gather uh, in a big circle but six feet apart um, and uh, shoot the breeze no we don't approve of that no no we need to re- we need to report ourselves if we did it which we, we didn't, didn't. yeah you know, but anyways because that's what's really important is and is reporting that and that section and that section chief has reported unfortunately as he says unfortunately we've received numerous reports of violations throughout the county shockingly yes and uh, users can also the app allows you to attach a photo of the violators so an anonymous violation reports can also be made so you can anonymously snitch so that's really important uh, with tens of thousands of people living cheek by jowl on the streets in tent cities in Los Angeles and surrounding counties, spreading the disease. Where is the app to report the tent cities? You know, but of course you don't need an we app. We need an app for that. 
You don't. They're all. It's very obvious. Like you could uh, uh, cops. By the way, I, they, we already actually. By the way, we already have an app for that. It's called Next Door. And any of you who are on Next Door, I'll tell you the Next Door that we're on here in Venice, California. Next Door app. The Next Door app, where people are uh, people are reporting on tent cities, are reporting on the homeless living cheek by jowl and having sex and having taking drugs and hanging out together, having a party actually, and yeah. not getting reported and not getting moved on or not getting moved into into shelters, um, because obviously that would violate somehow yeah. violate their right to party. But of course, it's easier to harass law-abiding people going for a walk uh, who have a minimal health risk, you know, a minimal public health risk, but ignore people breaking the law in a way that will very quickly overwhelm our health system. There are 60,000, at least 60,000 in Los Angeles, homeless in Los Angeles. I think there's 150,000 in the state of California. There aren't ventilators for those people. Uh, and and the rest of us. So there's no point in the rest of us taking enormous economic pain to flatten the curve. If we're going to allow tens of thousands of people to ignore these laws and destroy what we're doing, so you know, and 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 you know, and in that context, it's it's good to you know. I mean, we're obviously all watching the news. We're seeing the stories that are getting reported. We saw, you know, I think it was in Pennsylvania where the cops pulled the guy off the bus because he wasn't wearing a face mask. I don't know where those, co- you know, where are the cops here in Los Angeles? pulling these people off the streets for their own safety and for the safety of the rest of the population. No, 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 let them let them away with it. And speaking of allowing allowing law breaking, allowing law allowing law breaking. Allowing allowing okay, okay we'll uh, move on. Speaking of allowing law breaking. breaking. Los Angeles Mayor Eric Garcetti. Is that Mayor Eric Garcetti oh. who teaches us he talks a lot about safety, about health, but mostly he talks about love. Love. He talks about love. He, he honestly does. You, you, you does. In all his briefings, he talks about love, which I think is is just it's, it's beautiful. You, you you know there are many you you may feel sometimes you may feel envious of our of our Los Angeles lifestyle. <laughs> oh how what a lifestyle we have! And you may feel envious that we live in Los Angeles, uh, and you may wonder what you're missing. But the one thing you're not missing is Mayor Eric Garcetti, love, who comes on. I swear to God, talks about love, and it's like. It's like it's like realizing your parents have sex or something like that when oh he talks about it. God, it's just, stop. It's just awful. Anyway, so Los, you know, speaking of allowing law breaking, Los Angeles Mayor Eric Garcetti announces prepaid debit card program. Uh, starting thir- Tuesday, those who meet the requirements can uh, begin applying for the Angelino card program, which will provide debit cards with between $700 and $1,500 for residents with incomes below the poverty line prior to the safe at home orders and those who have fallen into deeper hardship due to reduced work hours or had their incomes cut by 50%. You know, whatever, uh, that's, you know, that is the way the world Sounds is going. good. That's the way the world's going, and I suppose you could call it a tax rebit. Uh, these, you know, although I suppose a lot of the lower income people probably don't pay tax, although they do pay a sales tax, so they're getting their taxes back. But the program is also going to include illegal aliens. He said the cards will be available to people regardless of their citizenship status. We are all Angelinos. We're all Angelinos now. And I hope that our federal government. By the way, doesn't that mean someone from Cincinnati could just claim it you know probably if you, probably if you can come from guatemala and say you're an angelino why can't you stay in cleveland and say i'm an angelino look anyway. and can the homeless and can the homeless get it and how do they prove that they're angelinos as well i mean that's that's another one they take a picture of their tent and send it to the riverside county app <laughs> <laughs> lovely 
Um, love. Love. Love Los Angeles. We're all Angelinos, says Mayor Gazzetti, and I hope that our federal government will listen to that too. Those who are cleaning our hospitals, those who are picking our foods, those who are working in our warehouse, it doesn't matter what their legal status is today. They're here as Angelinos, and we will help them no matter what. This is what I love. I love the liberal racism that people from Latin America, they're basically only fit for uh, cleaning our hospitals, picking our food, and working in our warehouse. According to Mayor Garcetti. According to Mayor Garcetti, you know, according to this great liberal who talks about love, look, there are millions of of, of Latina people uh, who are our doctors, who are our app. They probably developed the Riverside County app, right? God help us. You know, the the idea that that they just love this. They just love. Um, love. Yeah, one thing Garcetti loves and one thing liberals love is putting Latinas in their place. You know, that they're, that they're, they're, they're maids, they're, they're, they're servants. They could never be uh, empowered, to use that great word. They could never be, they could never have real jobs like, like app, you know, like, because uh, they think these are lesser jobs, like, you know, and, and that, they think that's just why we need illegal immigration is so that these rich people can have their servant class. They don't. They just don't seem to realize that your dentist uh, is 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 an immigrant or a child of immigrants. So your dent that oh, I mean, I've got doctors, nurses. Anyway, that is the way of the world. Uh, on the April fourteenth, uh, uh, that's on, the way of the world in California. Uh, on April fourteenth, as we go through the craziness uh, and the madness of the the Chinese coronavirus pandemic. So we'll say goodbye. We'll see you tomorrow. Um, actually, stay safe and warm and and away from all kinds of disease and virus, please. Yes, actually, tomorrow we have got the, the longer Anne and Philem scoop, isn't that correct. correct? It's coming out, so we have got some great interviews. Now we interview Dean Cain, we interview uh, an Australian journalist about the pandemic. There, we've got a great Anne and Philem scoop tomorrow. Don't miss it. In the meantime, stay safe and stay healthy. Bye now. See you tomorrow. Bye.